That wig is Pete Wenz's hair from like 2003. That is 100% correct. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Clarice Lockery. And this is the next Supremes and American Horror Story Rewatch podcast. And, or maybe we should just rename it the Lady Gaga Stan podcast. But <laughs> Lady Gaga simp. <laughs> Today's episode, the second one in American Horror Story Hotel, is called Shoots and Ladders and was written by regular collaborators Tim Manier and directed by Bradley Buker. So... We pick up where we left off. Will Drake, Shay and Jackson now owns the Hotel Cortez. Shall we start with him? Because he he does several things. And he is the reason <laughs> why we meet one of our key characters in this season. Yes. Yeah, so he's having a fashion show. Yes. At the Cortez. Uh, people from Vogue are there, including the Vogue. She's meant to be the Vogue editor, right? Basically, Naomi Campbell's there. Yeah, I don't think she's given that much of a character. She's it's just she's Vogue. She's just Naomi. Ca- Naomi Campbell's in this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to just re-emphasize that, but uh, Naomi Campbell is in this. Yes. Uh, which I'm guessing people know who she is, right? Legendary supermodel. One of the most famous and most beautiful people to have ever lived. Also, I watched that video where she went on, uh, it was like her air- airport routine. Oh, yes. Where she like, oh, she cleans the whole seat and then she gets her like little cashmere things out. Mm-hmm. And I just. I mean, you know, she clearly was doing something very right. since. Yeah. She- no, sorry. I meant that. I meant all that positively. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. like in awe of, I just want to be that rich and fancy and good at living. Good at living. <laughs> what did you What did you think of the of the fashion show itself? Uh kind of ugly. I'll be honest. Yes! <laughs> Not the greatest. The core. It's like there's this like key fabric that's being featured that is this like red sword tie dye, like very basic. Yeah pattern so just like very mid 2000s not 2015 mm-hmm. not chic at all no but like look nobody said that will drake was a good decider <laughs> just that he was a successful one yes that's not always the same thing so 
But the best thing in the not so great clothes is one of the one of the star models of Will Drake's show is bad boy Tristan Duffy. What a name. What a terrible <laughs> name for a model. Jesus Christ. Tristan Duffy. That is not a sexy name. So Tristan Duffy is played by our good friend Finn Whitrock <laughs> in what I will admit maybe the worst wig of the entire show <laughs> i'm glad we got past that it is it is fucking terrible i don't even know like what it is right how would you describe that wig i'll tell you exactly how i would describe it that wig is pete wenz's hair from like 2003 that is 100% correct <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's like emo, and it's got the red yes. thing on the ends. So it's like long in the fringe, but the fringe is all to the side. It's got little red streaks, but in that really fake red where it's like, excuse me, sir, I've got naturally dark hair. I have played around with bleach. There is no fucking way you get that color red when your hair is like naturally black as Finn's is. No. So it means that he's got a little red extension in his fringe, which is, again, just no. And then it's like spiky at the back. Everything is a bad choice. The introduction to Tristan Duffy, he does have extremely bad vibes. <laughs> yeah. Very different bad vibes, though, from Dandy Mod. So what's what's Tristan like? Well, we first meet him when he ta- he's taking a big nose full of coke. And uh, Will Drake is like, you stupid little idiot. You've got blood on my scarf. Because he's also wearing, so he's wearing a red bomber jacket in that ugly red fabric with like a tiny skinny white silk scarf. Yes. (laughs) And no shirt underneath. (laughs) Again, everything is very Pete Wentz. It's such a bad look. Yeah. Uh, and he just like sn- he grumbles a lot. He's always a bit like, uh, and then he he comes out on <laughs> he comes out on the runway floor, and I'm trying to get the order of this right. He like he go he kisses a woman, mm-hmm. and then he goes to kiss the boyfriend because the boyfriend's offended, mm. and the boyfriend's like no, because the boyfriend seems quite homophobic. So then he Uh, slaps the boyfriend. Slaps the boyfriend. Oh, sorry, I'd missed one step. As he walks out, he's got a glass of champagne, right? And he he drops it before and it smashes. So he crawls over to the (laughs) broken glass and he is presumably going to stab somebody in the middle of the fashion show. (laughs) Which, like, even when you're a bad boy, you can't can't just kill somebody (laughs) at a fashion show uh but as he's he's getting up he locks eyes with the countess Mm. and uh, instant attraction because obviously we've discussed this before (laughs) yes who wouldn't also the countess is literally wearing something that looks a thousand times better than anything that's been on the run on that runway yes and i really like her makeup in this scene yes it's like silver tears. Yes. It's like I want to figure out how to do that. Yeah, me too. It's like Blade Runner makeup, but sexy. 
Yes. And she's got a little feather as well. In yes. Her head. <laughs> so they they lock eyes. They don't talk. They just stare at each other. Who needs to talk when you're that hot? Truly, and it applies to both of them. If I was that hot, I would never speak again. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Not bother with sentences anymore. Tristan is a a little shit, I think, is the most comprehensive way of describing him. He is bratty and very unprofessional. Like, if I was Will Drake, I'd be like, absolutely, get the fuck out of my face. You are not worth this trouble. But also very hot. Despite the yes. hair. And and the countess says that I can smell the rage. Oh yeah, we like, like copper. <laughs> the countess loves a bad boy. <laughs> it's the twilight thing of like the stinky blood, right? Mm. <laughs> you know in Twilight where he's like he looks like he's gonna vomit because he just <laughs> smells her blood so strong. It's my favorite part of Twilight. (laughs) (laughs) And Kristen Stewart keeps smelling herself because she's like, I showered today. What's happening? (laughs) But clearly, you know, it's like stinky, but in a sexy way. Yeah. So that's what's happening here is she she can smell his stinky blood. His sexy, stinky blood. (laughs) His sexy, stinky blood. (laughs) Shall we discuss what happens with the Countess and Tristan? right away yes so then he's quitting modeling so he decides to cut a giant gash in his face because like again drama bitch absolute drama drama bitch bitch. (laughs) (laughs) and and then he's got he's goes oh no i've snorted all my pills in coke gonna go look for some more so he trots up (laughs) to the penthouse and he can okay so he is confronted by Donovan and mm-hmm. he says, I know there's coke here. I can smell it. <laughs> Am I being a naive little idiot? Does coke have a smell? I I wouldn't know. But also my point would be after you've snorted that much shit, Tristan, I don't think you can smell much of anything anymore. Is he is he a drug sniffing dog? <laughs> Maybe, because <laughs> right? because if humans could smell coke in a could walk into a room and just be like, "There's coke in here," why would they need the drug sniffing dogs? Right? <laughs> There's something up here. I don't. I did. I didn't understand that line. <laughs> I think he's just a. I think he's just an addict. I, I accept it. So he's not having a lovely time in the hidden parts of the hotel. No, and he's also going to be in a Lars von Trier movie. Yeah, so he couldn't really give a fuck about anything. It was even worse vibes. <laughs> Until he properly meets the Countess. Yes, because Donovan's like, look, normally I don't drink uh, addict blood, mm. but I'll make an exception for you. <laughs> hmm And the Countess's head, like, kind of pops into frame. (laughs) I love that shot. I love the shot of just, like, 
her from the point of view of um of Tristan on the ground then you just see how can Gaga look good from every angle that is the most unflattering angle for anyone you know like the upside down shot and she looks great in that <laughs> she looks amazing it's ridiculous so she turns him into a vampire he's just a lot of he strokes himself a lot of his stomach <laughs> It's, an, it's a throwback to freak show that I, for one, appreciate. Because <laughs> he's like, mm, I don't have any blackheads anymore. <laughs> also, he does the thing of like, I do me. It's like, yes, we all would, Tristan. What's what's your point? You would before, like him. He didn't have to turn into a vampire to be hot enough to do himself. So I don't. Yeah, I guess all the all the bad effects of the drug use have completely disappeared now that he's a vampire. IBS gone. Yes. <laughs> I would turn to a vampire if I could just like no more anything, no more stomach problems or anything, just like feel good. Oh, I would like you wouldn't even need to convince me to turn into a vampire. It's like I anytime, any day. I was like, yep, ready for it. All the time. But <laughs> there's a there's a great montage of after the countess turns Tristan into a vampire where it's it's kind of like sex position basically. It's very Game of Thronesy here because they're banging a lot and just frolicking around half naked. And at the same time she's explaining the rules of being a vampire to him. <laughs> Look, we had to have some exposition, so you might as well put it in a sex scene so it's at least interesting yes so the rules of being a vampire are don't drink bad blood like no disease yes. people no addicts well uh, she said like feeble which made me think oh that's me out just like not any fucking losers you know <laughs> <laughs> any of that loser blood god she doesn't say that (laughs) she implies it you know that she look she's only drinking hot people blood (laughs) well but that's because she's like gaga yeah i'm just saying you know (laughs) you're saying that you're you're saying gaga wouldn't drink your blood no (laughs) i think you're cutting yourself short clarice i think she 100 percent would i think i am i don't think i am you know what I was thinking about when I was rewatching this episode? Yes. This scene in particular. So you know how in the last episode we were talking about how everyone like is clearly simping, not just for the Countess, but also for Gaga? Uh I I just I tried to put myself in the mind of Finn Whitrock, who at this point had not done that much like high profile work. Having a scene where he's railing Lady Gaga while she's delivering dialogue and i was like can you can you imagine as a young actor what that must must have been like it's like oh just another day at the office another day at the office just have a sex scene with the biggest <laughs> pop star in the world bye <laughs> honey i'll see you later in a bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> look if you could do that as an actor <laughs> you can do anything very true but uh, we also find out a, a, quite a bit more about her life story, a little bit, because he's asking her stuff. So who's who's who was the countess? 
She was the disco queen. <laughs> she still is. Still is the disco queen. <laughs> and yeah, she just hung out at Studio 54 because everybody was too busy doing drugs and having sex to notice the, the multiple murders happening <laughs> inside <laughs> their establishment. <laughs> so, you know, because the late 70s, were her favorite period because everyone was just so chill that they mm -hmm. did not mind her killing people. And we also find out that she's born in 1904. And I love Trist Tristan is such a dumb bitch where he's just like, oh, so you lived through like the wars and the depression and Clinton. It's like, that's a big jump, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I'm sure he lived through Clinton, right? <laughs> yeah, unless he's like, what, 20, 24 in this, in this season, which he isn't. But he, because he says that line, I look like I'm 24, which yeah, so, presumably means he's not 24. He's like 26? What? <laughs> this means that the Countess dumps Donovan. That is a brutal breakup scene. Yeah, because she's doing the whole like, Oh, let's not make this hard. Like, you knew this was coming. It's like, I don't think he did. No. I think when you like, make someone into a vampire, you kind of, like, eternity is implied there, my friend. Yeah, and also, like, they have been together since 1994. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a while. And, yeah. you know, you wouldn't necessarily think that you'd be dumped, like, the first time another man with a nice jawline enters <laughs> life you know <laughs> i don't know i mean you know this is how american horror story works like you know you think you've got a nice jawline and then someone comes along who's younger has a better jawline and it's like oh they're the star now there's always a better jawline out there <laughs> don't get cocky men i feel very bad for donovan in this moment yeah like just Donovan is a gigantic asshole for the way that he's treated his mother. Yes. Incredibly cruel to like, because there's a scene early on in this where she just wants to say hello and he's like hiding behind the curtains, uh, pretending yeah. he's not there. Like, I mean, this is the thing, kind of everybody in this season is a gigantic asshole mm -hmm. and it's just the varying degrees of who's the biggest asshole. <laughs> in the giant ass that is the Hotel Cortez. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. Like, he definitely does not deserve this happening to mm -hmm. him. But actually, on the on the note of giant assholes in the hotel, we also learn a little bit more about the history of the hotel through Iris, because Detective Wes sort of pussyfooting around asking for stuff even though he's literally there on an investigation they kind of sit down for a drink and she tells him the whole history of who built the hotel so shall we talk about james patrick marsh james patrick marsh <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. it's just seven peters with a little mustache <laughs> <laughs> and doing like a very intense uh 19 1920s like gary cooper voice <laughs> that hotel it's big 
Um, can I can I please ask you to deliver your whole opinion in that voice? Because that would be <laughs> that would be hard. It's a hard accent to do. <laughs> but props to Evan Peters for believably delivering this accent for an entire season. Like, Truly. so who is James Patrick March? Well, he's the guy who built the hotel in the 20s mm-hmm. he's an oil man which felt like a reference to there will be blood i'm not sure hmm. i just feel like the second anyone in that voice comes in going <laughs> i'm an oil man see <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah he makes his money through oil so he decides to to build a big old giant ass hotel mm-hmm. but also like he's got a bit of a side gig and the side gig is murder <laughs> So he uh, builds lots of uh, like hallways that lead to nowhere and cavities in the wall so that he can murder people more efficiently because he likes to do it in lots of different ways. He likes variety. So maybe he'll like brick a woman inside the wall. Uh, or I think the other one he sees, he's just stabbing somebody. Sometimes he just wants to stab somebody. It's just like murder <laughs> is his murder is his passion, murder is his hobby, and <laughs> you kind of get a, a hint because Iris is talking about his wife, and she says, "Oh, the wife was forced to watch the murders," uh, but a voice that is very clearly Lady Gaga's <laughs> <laughs> and like white blonde hair that is very clearly Lady Gaga's as well uh he stuffs like a piece of cloth into the victim's mouth and she pulls it out going i like it uh-huh. and saunters off being very lady gaga-ish so we figure out that they were married at some point yep <laughs> so the cops are knocking on the door and uh instead of even finding out what the cops want <laughs> could be could be there about something completely different he uh decides to kill himself and also miss evers who's played by mayor winningham who's the very loyal housekeeping lady who just loves cleaning blood out of stuff listen murder is his passion and cleaning is her passion they're made for one another they really are she's his work wife (laughs) she's his work wife yes (laughs) they probably have little lunches together oh yeah the fridge a little bit of gossip around the hotel a little bit of gossip around the victims this is probably like one of the most savage characters we've met on American Horror Stories so far. Yes, but he's also so polite. Yes, unless he's <laughs> literally stabbing you to death. Yes. <laughs> but he does it in such a gentlemanly way. <laughs> one of the key things that will become really key later on and that we kind of briefly talked about in the in the previous episode is this idea that he built the hotel kind of specifically to murder people. Murder as many people as he possibly could and like dispose of their bodies really efficiently and he's seen like a couple of architects have issues with the blueprints because like this makes no sense. There's a ton of like um corridors that are inaccessible lead to nowhere rooms with no doors and whatever so like it's all built as this weird killing machine you know how in the first episode of the season we're talking about this idea that american horror story taps into of like is it the place that's evil or is it the people that make it evil 
this like we get this background on on March because he literally builds a place designed for murder. Yeah, and also the idea that he's like putting bodies in the walls. I yes. feel like so it's like death is literally soaked into the, mm. the stonework. Because he gets caught because he gets sloppy because all of his murders so far have been inside the hotel, but he like shows off and he leaves. Uh, a, a handkerchief that's engraved with his initials on one on the murder scene. That's how he gets caught. Yeah, because he's wanting to. He's trying to kill this one guy, and the guy keeps talking about God, how great God is. So he goes, "Well then, I think I'm just going to have to kill God." <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then he decides to to do the first of the Ten Commandment murders. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is kill a bunch of people who were working on a Sunday. Uh, probably had a wide pick of people, to be honest. <laughs> Quite yes. common to work on a Sunday. <laughs> not not for a man who made his money in oil. Yes. Oh, yes. Oil always takes Sundays off. Um, so, yeah, and, then, and that's how he gets caught. And shall we talk about the baby vampires? The baby vampires. <laughs> So one of the things that also happens during Will Drake's fashion show, he's got a son, Lachlan, which is both a name and the little boy who plays him, I'm sorry, looks so annoyingly LA that I kind of just want to barf in my mouth every time he's on screen. I'm like, please get this kid out of my face. <laughs> he's always wearing like a little leather jacket. I know. It's like, who the fuck are you? Like, You were like five. Stop it. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I cannot tell kids ages. He might be five. He might be 13. Who can tell? Um, <laughs> he he gets pally with Detective Wes Bentley's daughter Scarlet, and he shows her like this old pool, which is filled with tiny glass coffins that have baby vampires in them. Yes, and also this like weird playroom. <laughs> Yes. Oh, that felt very like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Very <laughs> goth. Creepy. Very creepy. <laughs> and and they just sit there and play video games all day. But the only video games they can play is like Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to like be immortal. But the only thing I can do all day is play Tetris. You know you what know? that room is perfect for, though. Because those screens where they're playing Tetris are like phone style. So they're like portrait style as opposed to um, landscape style televisions. Yes. What if you could be a vampire and sit in that room and just watch TikToks all day? I knew you were going to see TikTok. Tess would come in, you'd be like, oh, what's this one? It's the into the thick of it. <laughs> into the thick of it. Ah, <laughs> uh, like this is the thing. Even if I was turned by Lady Gaga, she would get so annoyed at me within like three days. I would end up down that murder shoot for sure. <laughs> I don't I don't like this. I don't think she would. Although, I don't know, I think judging by her dynamic with um, Donovan before she dumps him, I think she'd get sick of me as well, because I'm with Donovan. I'm like, you know, let's stay in and watch, binge watch House of Cards. 
or you know yeah. let's binge watch new girl and she'd be like no i want to go out and be fabulous <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you so now i'll go to my tiktok room <laughs> i'm just saying put a playstation in there <laughs> then you can get more kids <laughs> you tell a kid there's a playstation in that room yeah we have every call of duty the kids are gonna be running into that <laughs> you tell a kid oh tetris you <laughs> played some tetris no wonder she has no wonder she's struggling to get little tiny kid vampire blood get tell a kid tiktoks i've got tiktoks and jelly beans yeah fortnite there's fortnite in there <laughs> <laughs> The Sims. Uh, kids don't like The Sims anymore, do they? Yeah, I guess not. I it's guess a millennial. Not. It's a millennial video game. <laughs> yeah, it's the most millennial video game that it's was ever invented. True. It's the only control we have over our lives. Everything else is just a fucking disaster. Yeah, I'd only go into the room if she said, "I've got The Sims, but also all the expansion packs." Oh yes. Where you're gonna have vampire sims. And you can download mods. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, no deal. Don't wanna be an immortal vampire. <laughs> Is there anything else we need to to discuss from this episode? Should we mention just because I want to talk about the fact that she's in this episode? Mm-hmm. The the child that Chloe Sevigny goes to visit, because she is a child doctor pediatrician yes sorry yes <laughs> pediatrician <laughs> she's an adult woman doctor she's not a child doctor i'm sorry <laughs> it's not like it, it's not like a, a rejuvenated chloe seveny she's an adult woman who is a pediatrician she goes to visit a that. sick child <laughs> tv show what was that tv show with neil patrick harris where he was like child doctor oh doogie hauser yeah she's not doogie hauser she's not doogie hauser no She's adult Doogie Howser. <laughs> uh, but the kid has measles because mm-hmm. her mother is an anti-vaxxer. But her mother is also Shelley from Twin Peaks. Matchanamic, And the yes. mom from... Uh, Riverdale. Riverdale. <laughs> I just love Matchanamic. I just wanted to shout out because I love that she's in this. She's very great. She's also so good at playing like a Karen-esque type character. Yes. Excellent, yeah, which is kind of a character in Riverdale, a little bit. I'm sorry, Mm, yeah, yeah, kind of. I mean, even Betty, uh, even Betty Cooper is a bit of a a Karen as well, yeah, and honestly, Shelly Johnson a little bit too. (laughs) (laughs) So, shall we move on to our categories? Yes, what was your top quote of this episode? The I'm, I'm gonna have to kill God is a great line, yes, but there's a bit where Tristan's saying. Oh, so like, uh, if I got get shot with bullets and uh, yes. some uh, stuff, I'll die. <laughs> and Gaga goes, "Bitch, please." Of course, it can. <laughs> That's a great line. Why, why didn't you just call him a bitch? <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't? She, he is a bitch. She, he is a little not, bitch. It's just she's got two episodes without saying "bitch, please." <laughs> No. It just comes out for no reason. Of course it, it does. It has to. I bet it's in her contract. <laughs> yes. I think mine has to be Liz Taylor, played by Dennis O'Hare, 
who when all the fashionistas are setting up for the show and stuff she is like i'm just teaching the folks from vogue how to vogue and as she's leaving and Naomi Campbell is like right behind her. She just like looks at her. It's like skinny jeans are out, fringes in, ponchos are forever. Make a note of that. I love it. And all of those things are facts. <laughs> Liz Taylor was the original Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in 2015. Yeah. So skinny jeans are out. There, there are so many great lines in this. I mean, the other, uh, another one that I really, really love is when Tristan meets Patrick March. Patrick March's ghost and March just gives him like a woman bound up and like ready to be murdered and he's like oh bondage really bores me <laughs> oh, all right he just, he just doesn't get it at all yeah also he's like trying a bit too hard you know yeah be like oh I'm too cool for bondage <laughs> I also really liked when Sally is um, scaring Scarlet at one point and she's like pretending that her all her teeth are crushed. It's really oh, gross. Yeah, it's like all her gross. teeth fall out of <laughs> when Scarlet runs off, she just goes, Kids are the best. Which <laughs> is such a vibe. I love it. And what's your favorite fit of the episode? I'm going to say not actually the white gown from the fashion show, oh. but when she when she stops Donovan from killing mm-hmm. Tristan, she's wearing like this beautiful black low cut gown with sort of cape sleeves mm-hmm. and a giant diamond choker. It was probably Diamante. Diamante choker. <laughs> and a heads up and she's still got the silver tear eye makeup. Mm-hmm. And it's just everything that i want to wear all the time yes that's like my style is what she's wearing in that scene it's so good it is beautiful it is beautiful but i have to i have to say the white outfit from the from the fashion show actually no i'm gonna say another one so when she goes out to the art exhibition by herself without donovan She is wearing this like very like rose colored, like genuinely the color of a rose, like outfit that's also a cape, but also a dress. So it might be a pantsuit. I couldn't quite tell. And it's very form fitting, but also very loose. And she has her hair up in this little swirl. Oh, and she's like, there's this gorgeous shot where she's just walking into the exhibit, which is just a bunch of lampposts. And yeah, that's the LA. It's like a famous thing in LA. This like stupid lamppost thing. Oh well, I mean, it might be stupid, but she looks fucking amazing. <laughs> yes. So that's my that's my favorite fit. Yeah, it's very like I think it's, the, it's so nice how much they replicate like forties like mm. glamour style in this. Yeah, that seemed very much like one of those moments. And. Um... What about the Boma Bona Award for the horniest moment? It probably again just the actual scene of fucking in it. <laughs> this, is the thing. this category is going to be hard to, to like you know have. There, there's going to be a lot of, of fucking in this season because people do just fuck a lot in this season. You kind of can't pick not pick that. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick another one that's not the fucking season. Oh, 
It's the moment where she locks eyes with Tristan. And he sort of pauses. And there's just like... It's not slow motion, but it feels like slow motion. Where they just look at each other. They just stare at each other. And you're like, whoo! Mm. Hello. Because that that's the prelude to mm-hmm. all the fucking. Yes. Yes. The pre-fuck. <laughs> you mean the foreplay? No, because it's not foreplay. It's kind of foreplay. Yeah, but it's kind of like the the pre-foreplay. Okay. <laughs> it's like... The for-foreplay? We're going to fuck with our eyes and then we're going to fuck with our bodies. <laughs> <laughs> so eye fucking. You are correct, my friend. It is. It is. If there was like a dictionary illustration of eye fucking, it would be this scene. Yes, absolutely. And um, cinematic references this week. Did you pick up on any? It's just like everything is. <laughs> the one small thing I'll add because I love this mm-hmm. movie. It's a scene where Tristan is running through the hallways and he picks up a sandwich. You know when yes. it's kind of gross. He yep. sees the tray on the ground that mm-hmm. somebody's like uh, not eating. He picks up the sandwich and he looks down and it's all maggots. Uh, felt like a reference to Poltergeist. The Lost Boys. Oh, 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 oh! <laughs> we said completely different movies. Oh, yeah. I saw it as a reference to Lost Boys. That scene. Uh, with Kiva Sutherland, yeah, where he serves Michael the the noodles, the new ways like they're just noodles, Michael, <laughs> but they're yeah. actually worms, which is then parodied very beautifully in what we do in the shadows. And I just, yes. I love that scene. <laughs> it also happens in Poltergeist. Yeah, so it could be both. It just made me think. I think it's because I just I am obsessed with the Lost Boys. <laughs> I didn't know this about you. I love it. <laughs> I've been to Santa Cruz and I've been on the merry-go-round. Oh my the... god. Dressed as Star. Holy shit. I mean, come on. Star is the most forgettable character in that entire movie. She shouldn't even be in there. It's like, it's all about the boys. Yeah, but it's because she was the only girl, so I had to dress as the girl character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> I think, I mean, aside from continuing with the overall vibe of Daughters of Darkness and uh, The Hunger... I didn't pick up on any, like, as deliberate, specific references aside from the maggot thing. And, like, it's still just The Shining. Yeah. With the hallways and the creepy things in hallways, creepy children in hallways. Totally. It's not very subtle. No. (laughs) And, you know, obviously there's a bit more kitty action in this one, and we didn't really talk about The Village of the Damned that much in the last episode, but I think obviously the... The fact that the the baby vampires are all like very pale blonde, look very similar, have like a similar kind of uniform that they're wearing, those little short shorts and the the white shirts and stuff and the little blazers, it all screams Village of the Damned as well. Creepy kids on screen have always been a staple of horror, but when they look exactly the same, even though they don't have the same face and they seem very uniformed, it is particularly creepy. I mean, that is, like, the creepy child movie. Yes. The, like, paranormally creepy child movie. Because then there's stuff yes. like the bad seed where it's like, no, you're just evil. You're not paranormally evil, but you're just evil. Yeah. But, like, even, I feel like it's even more influential than The Omen. Because that's yes. just, like, one kid. Was the devil as well, so. <laughs> it's, like, not really a kid. 
moving on, did you pick up on any insensitive historical references this week? Yes. Well, the character James Patrick March, you people may have noticed, is based on the famous serial killer H.H. Holmes, which was the subject of that book Devil in the White City, that they keep saying Martin Scorsese is going to adapt with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in the lead role, although he's now like significantly older than H.H. H. Holmes was when he died. <laughs> but... Evan Peters for that role. Just give it to him. Honestly, <laughs> he would be great because he basically, he's basically playing H.H. H. Holmes yes. in this because what he's famous for is that I think he confessed to 27 murders overall, but he basically built his own murder hotel. Yes. <laughs> he arrived in Chicago in August 1886 and started using the name A.J. Jones. And so he purchased an empty lot across from a drugstore and he constructed a two-story mixed-use building with apartments on the second floor and retail spaces in a new drugstore. And, like, a lot of people started disappearing <laughs> around. And this is also during the the Columbian Exposition. Uh, so Chicago was like extra busy. And I think he was telling mm-hmm. a lot of people like, come on in. <laughs> come, yeah. come then and you'll definitely leave. <laughs> <laughs> and he was also so, a massive con artist too. Yes. Yes. And managed to con people into thinking it was just a normalized building. When in fact, so the first floor was a storefront. The second story consisted of elaborate torture rooms which contained a chute that led to the basement, so just like American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. The third held more apartment rooms. There were soundproof rooms and mazes of hallways which seemed to go nowhere. Many of the rooms were outfitted with chutes that would drop straight down to the basement while Holmes had acid vats, quicklime, and a crematorium to dispose of his victims' bodies. Furniture suppliers found Holmes was hiding their materials for which he never paid. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> in hidden rooms and passages throughout the building. Uh, and yeah, and so the police officers inspected the hotel while Holmes was out. And during the inspection, they found rooms with hinged walls and false, parti- false partitions, rooms with secret passageways, even airtight rooms that were connected to pipelines filled with gas, which Holmes used as gas chambers. Holmes would use the chutes to deliver the bodies to the basement, and once there, he made use of the surgical tables and array of medical tools to dissect them before selling their organs and bones in the black market and to medical institutions. And then he was uh, guarded by a fire by an unknown arsonist shortly after he was arrested. So, it's not around anymore, thankfully. And he was also a polygamist and a con artist... He continuously changed his name to escape like multiple lawsuits that were put out against him. He was a massive slut. <laughs> he would hire young women to work in his hotel, sleep with them, and then murder them, which I guess is the darkest time, the darkest slutty timeline. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I think I was listening to a podcast about re-listening to a podcast about him again before we we were going to record this and one of the fun conspiracy theories about H.H. Holmes was that he was either the Jack the Ripper or that 
he had an assistant in London doing the Jack the Ripper murders on his behalf, which I thought was really funny. Why? <laughs> Wait, this, just because the, the time roughly matches up, they've assumed it's the same person. Yeah, and because I guess of the, the savagery and the the amount of murders that he did. <laughs> Yeah, but like Oh, I don't I don't subscribe to this theory at all. Basically because I don't think that serial killers uh, are very good um delegators. Well also because like I the vibe is different. I can't believe I'm saying that, but like H. H. Holmes, so he was killing all these people to sell the organs and the bones. I mean obviously also, you know, he had a psychopathic lust for blood and murder. But you know, there was sort of a a vague reason behind what he was doing mm-hmm. that he wanted to and it was kind of attached to his con man personality mm-hmm. while jack the ripper i mean those were very much like sexual crimes sexual assault crimes because there was all these sex workers and yes the bodies were you know just left sorry that was <laughs> debunking murder conspiracies <laughs> oh i completely agree with you but i think it's funny that that conspiracy exists yeah, they just saw two serial killers and went, what if same? <laughs> yes, that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, and I've got a an insensitive historical reference as well, yes. which is much, much lighter in tone. And there's a moment where Gaga's talking about her, her favorite time in history that she's lived through. She was the late 70s and she loved Studio 54, the famous disco club. And there's a shot of her riding into Studio 54 on a white horse. And there's a couple of very famous images of like one of a model imitating the Lady Godiva kind of riding in on a horse naked image into into the disco. And there's another one of Bianca Jagger also supposedly riding into studio 54 on a horse but then she debunked and said like listen i didn't ride into the club on the horse i just got on the horse the horse was already there which i find hilarious <laughs> that there's an entire guardian article dedicated to be like listen let's debunk this thing of which what there are many mean? photographs the horse, <laughs> the horse was already there the horse was already there i just got on top of the horse like that's not the same as riding the horse into studio 54 look the horse was there with a couple of pals <laughs> <laughs> Wanna get some drinks? The horse is Bojack Horseman. I just happened to slip on it. Like what What do you mean the horse was just there? <laughs> the horse was already there. That's what Bianca Jagger said. Like, this horse was just like there. I didn't know. I don't think it was like just there, but Studio 54, very weird, decadent place. Like everything happened there vampires were probably 100% there but you know the jackers hung out there quite a lot there is a series of famous photographs of Bianca Jagger on a white horse in Studio 54 is she claiming that it wasn't like set up like what is she claiming is she claiming that she didn't ride the horse into the club but the horse still came through so whatever issues you would have had with the horse being in the club <laughs> she was like the, the horse was already there <laughs> doesn't really matter if you wrote it in somebody wrote it in or somebody brought it in so whatever animal rights issues already existed because what she's claiming sounds like the horse was just existing in the studio 54 
it's it had always been there. It was born and, and grew up in Studio Fifty Four, so of course there was no cruelty involved. Like, I think that she's implying that she did not do the Lady Godiva move that Gaga, the Countess, is doing in right. her recounting. But that's cooler. It just makes it a slightly I know. less cool story. I don't know why she wants to appear less cool. It's like just fucking go with the legend, bro. Just print the legend. Because I think I saw that article and I think it's because she didn't want to be accused of animal cruelty, but it's like, <laughs> riding the horse is not the cruelty part of it. I don't it's think it's that It's the horse being deep. inside a club. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, for more Studio 54 action, definitely watch Holston. <laughs> yes. There's so much Studio 54 stuff in there. Is the horse in that? It's not. Anyway, so the time maybe the timelines don't match up. Maybe, maybe it was just a legend. I mean, no, because there's photographic evidence. Um. <laughs> they interviewed the horse. <laughs> <laughs> He's called George. And who is the killer of the hour in this episode? Wow, H H R H H Holmes. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, James Patrick March. Obvi. What is your Gaga applause scene? Oh, I think I kind of do want to go for the Studio 54 coming in on the horse. Yes, the Lady Godiva moment for sure. Yeah, because I feel like that could also have existed as like part of the uh, marketing for like applause or something, (laughs) you know? Just a regular Saturday night. Yeah, like it seems like something Lady Gaga would do. Hmm. So I believe it fully. And she would actually ride the horse in. She's not a coward. Not like Bianca Jagger? <laughs> I'm putting it out there. Fucking up. You're going to be getting a stern letter from that estate. Oh, I do have a question for you as a Studio 54 expert. <laughs> I would not call myself a Studio 54 expert. More of an aficionado. So she mentions her her friends that have passed on from that era. Mm-hmm. And she says, Andy, Keith, and Robert. Andy's Andy Warhol, right? But I'm yeah. really dumb and I couldn't figure out who the other two. Because I was like, Keith Richards? But he's Keith alive. is Keith Herring. Keith Herring. Of course. The artist. Okay. Because okay. <laughs> I kept thinking Keith Richards. I was like, but he's alive. <laughs> no, he's going to live forever. <laughs> he is okay. 100% a vampire. And Robert. I don't know who Robert might be. Is it Mapplethorpe? Oh, maybe. But I don't think... Studio 54 isn't really his vibe, is it? Yeah, this is the thing. I I do not... The late 70s is like the period of history where I just like tap out. <laughs> oh, what are you talking about? It's like the best period. I'm with Gaga. It's the best decadent era. Maybe it was Robert Isabel? who was the event planner for Studio 54. Oh, perhaps. So he's like the dude who would throw and organize the parties. He wasn't the owner who was famously Steve uh, Burrell, I think his name is. Yeah, but it seems like she's referencing a very like a a great artist, Robert. You could argue that event planning is an art form. Oh, true. I'm not undermining his work. But it's like Andy Warhol, Keith Haring, and then it feels like the third one would be. Yeah. I can't think of any famous Roberts. I don't know if Maplethorpe would have been a 
it was that time, but also... Yeah, he was he, around in the 70s. Yeah. Definitely. But also, I think he was still, like, up and coming, as opposed to fully established in the 70s. It could be that Ryan Murphy didn't know that, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Tweet people listening. Tweet at us if you know which Robert she's talking about. Who would be the MVP of the episode for you? Um, I I'm gonna say oh. I'm gonna say Tristan. Oh, because well, just because I don't want it. The the Countess is kind of like mm, she's causing problems with herself. <laughs> Because she feels like she's on top, but she's just made an enemy of Donovan. Yes. And I feel like that was a mistake. But Tristan at this moment, like, he's gotten everything he's ever wanted. You know, he was dissatisfied with life, didn't want to know, didn't know what he wanted to do. Now he's a vampire. He's got Lady Gaga as a girlfriend. There's no acne. (laughs) 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 He's riding high. Quite literally. And also he, like, uh, yes. <laughs> bangs a lumberjack, hot lumberjack at the end. So I think we've covered everything that happens in this episode. What can we expect from the next one? In the next episode, two exes of the Countess join forces. See, that's the reason I didn't let her be MVP. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's got trouble coming. <laughs> we'll be back next Wednesday with a recap of American Horror Story Hotel in the meantime send us your thoughts on Twitter you can follow us at the next Supremes pod and you can find me on Twitter at Clarice Lou and I am at Anna B. Demented always good always good I'm not gonna sing it's not gonna happen I will not disrespect Gaga or myself or you this way so lovely it feels so right I want to hold you close soft breath Fucking tear you apart.